I mean, Wes told me I look ugly when he saw me in my Joker outfit, so that's why. Oh, you went as a Joker you for Halloween? Terrifying or terrible in a good no, you way. Said I look horrible. So, I did not say horrible. I did not say yes, ugly. That is a very different concept. Horrible and ugly are literally the same thing. No, no, they, they are, are not. Whoa, 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 no. whoa. No. Mm-mm. Jesus Christ. You could be horrible and still look fine. Yeah. Case well, I want you to prove four that. of us. Mm-hmm. Horrible, but Hello and welcome, comrades, to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, joined by Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez-Cheveria. Hello, everyone. Let's, uh, let's do a podcast. I don't actually... Did we do a podcast last week? I, my brain is gone. I think we did. I think so. We did I think real we did. Podcast. Yeah. Um, did we do it without you, though? No. Was that, that was the one that we did without no, you? That was, that was two weeks ago. That was two oh, weeks ago. Here we are. We, we've oh, got man. two games to talk about this week. I'm, I'm so burned because of these last two weeks of, of four home games with the uh, U.S. Women's National Team game. Thank, thankfully, I, I did not want the, the home playoff. Maybe we could still get one. I obviously would love a game, but... I'm very much looking forward to an off season right now, guys. I'm so tired. <laughs> like I'm just so burned. Like, uh, thankfully Sunday was not cr- crazy, but just it's great seeing people. But I'm so I'm 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 burned. I'm ready to like have a Friday night where I can just go sit by a bonfire and get dumb drunk. That's that's my my goal for this off season. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm uh, I'm a, a a free agent. Invite me to your bonfires, guys, and I'll get dumb drunk. Um, this sounds awesome. This uh, this podcast, we are going to talk about Vancouver. Uh, we're going to talk about the the crappy loss in Vancouver, the fantastic win against uh, SKC. Probably, I would say probably one of our only really good wins this year. I think we had the the really great Galaxy win. Um, uh, I forgot. I should keep a running list. I think there were three previously, so this would be our fourth really good win. Yeah, we beat Seattle. For yeah. the first time, uh, that was a I, that was not a, what I would call a really good win in terms of no. the quality of the play. We got a win. The, uh, the Austin game was great. There was a bunch of other yes. things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, moral of the story is, kids, let's talk about some soccer and let's start that by doing some uh, some little tapas here. The good, the bad, and the weird. The good here is that the NWSL, um, all eight of the player demands uh, were met in the wake of the abuse allegations. It's it's obviously been a bad season for NWSL, but the um, the players and the league both announced that the players had made these demands and uh, they were met. And so um, one of you want to give a little bit more clarity on that? Yeah, basically, so I, I, I myself had a hard time finding a, a direct list of, of all eight of those demands, but... Um, you know, among them, uh, league personnel voluntarily take part in the union's investigation of sexual misconduct, uh, total transparency by the league in terms of other ongoing investigations. And uh, the NWSL uh, Players Association also demanded to that um, it be included in the process for selecting the next commissioner. And obviously, there were several high profile resignations that came with that that may or may not have been part of those demands. Um, but it was good. I mean, it's like there were no concessions by the players association. Um, and it's, you know, it's a small bright spot on a 
fairly dark season for that for that league, but hopefully it's uh it's a model of of how to do it moving forward. Um the bad is that uh Mexico got a two match fan ban by FIFA for the chant. Um the next two home matches during the World Cup qualifiers will be uh, behind closed doors and there's a $110,000 fine. In addition to that, Peru was also fine and uh, will be restricted of number of people attending as well as getting fined for, um, what is it called, discriminatory behavior by supporters against, guess what team? Chile. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Would you find what it hard do? to not be what, discriminatory? What they do? Did they, did they talk about Pisco? Yeah, I don't they know. say our Pisco is better than your Pisco. I, that that's a that's a that's a war starter. We that's been proven that throughout <laughs> history. That's a war starter. So more than likely, something like that was given, or I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't watch the games. So it's like, I are there derogatory what are there derogatory terms for Peruvians to well, describe we don't, no, the lands? No, no, Mark, you know, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not, we're not I don't want to. Do I, I don't want to know what they are. I just want to know. Gonna if gonna our, our podcast is now going to get a ban. We yeah. have no, we'll have no listeners. Oh, we don't. Well, I just don't. split a completo and call it a day. Just yeah. everybody get together. <laughs> All right. Here's the weird. Uh, Mitt Romney dressed up as Ted Lasso, quoted Friday Night Lights in his tweet. That's weird. Let's move it's on. Just weird. Uh, this last. Wait, week, he quoted the wrong show. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he he dressed up as Ted Lasso, had the believe sticker above his his office door, and he said, "If you believe in yourself and have clear eyes and a full heart, you can't lose." And it's like, my, my dude, it's the wrong show. <laughs> it's also the wrong sport. Like, I mean, whatever. It's football. Football. It's all football. It's all football. Football is life. Um, and Rodrigo, you take us into this last weird because this one is uh, this one is classic. This is classic Comebol. Uh, uh, so Brazilian club Grêmio is currently investigating, which they shouldn't be investigating because there's actual video of this happening. Is investigating the destruction of the video assistant referee equipment by Grêmio fans who invaded the stadium pitch in Porto Alegre. The incident on Sunday happened after the team lost to Palmeiras 3-1 and sunk deeper into the Brazilian championship relegation zone. So the fans, who were extremely upset that the VAR system after Grêmio's equalizer near the final whistle was canceled. Like, they were mad about that. But to add insult to injury, Palmeiras added a third goal in stoppage time. And so four or five supporters literally stormed the VAR booth. They tore it apart. They kicked it. They threw things on the field. And that's just the Brazilian League game Sunday. That's literally classic. It. Eric Silverbrandman's going to pop on this podcast any second now and, and talking about Goyas. Um, <laughs> so, all right, let's let's take a little break here, and we'll come back, and it's going to be Minnesota United time. Comrades, this is the 551 podcast part two. Um, we're going to talk about Minnesota United. Let's talk first a little bit of news. Jacory Hayes uh, has been elected to serve on the um, MLS Players Association executive board. So he joins fellow loon Ethan Finley. So that's very good. Good for him. Um, 
we had two games this week. Um, the last few weeks, we've not really been doing much game recapping, mostly because we feel like we've kind of said everything we can about the team, and it kind of gets repetitive, um, and we just want to die sometimes. Uh, but this game uh, at Vancouver um, was terrible, and mm-hmm. the game at home against SKC was very good. Um, let's talk about a little bit of the details of why the Vancouver game was so terrible. Um, the only major um, difference about the team lineup was that Dotson was at left back because Chase Gasper was uh, suspended for from his uh, five yellow card accumulation. Um, it wasn't Dotson's fault that we were so bad. Dotson was not particularly good. In fact, I think he was bad. Uh, I also don't understand why we have Raitala. Like, why did we sign him if when our starting left back is suspended for a match that the guy who plays left back for the Finnish national team who are pretty decent, who who are, they made your left center back, by the way, for because they play a three. Yeah, it's it's line. a yeah. Play, it's all right. He, 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 he plays, plays on the left side of the defense for a national team. Mm-hmm. Um, why he isn't playing, and then you play a guy out of position to play in that position. Um, I I I just you know, you know what it is. It. You know what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's that one match that Heath started him as right back when Metnair was gone, and then he bombed in that position, and then he got yanked at halftime, and Heath probably said, "I'm never playing him again." Yeah, That's the story I, right there. But but do you prefer a DJ Taylor on the left over a Dotson on the left? No. Dotson well, was well, the, uh, Dotson was the second best option there. Yeah, the and Taylor was injured was too. Right, oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Actually, you could have put I'm sorry. The, the here are the three options. Number one option, Raitella. The second option is Coleman in and put uh Debasi as left back. The okay, third option is Dotson as a left back because a it's his wrong foot, and yes, left back is where he kind of got his first bangers and whatever, but he was not particularly good defensively and whatnot. Right. It, it just. It, I, I I get that he wants to play him in the left side just so, so because we lose our, use our left backs to go ahead and start connecting passes and being part of the offense now, and so like I get that they want. Dotson to be able to be part of the offense, but at risk of like doing what happens, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem it tactically it, sound. It for comes me. back to the same stupid thing that we have said a million times on this podcast, which is that um, the substitution and the tactics are not dictated by what player can, can you get out of this position? It's who are my best players? And he really rates Dotson highly and he rates Dotson more highly than he does Raitala. And so there you go. Then he gets in this position. It has nothing to do with anything else other than I like this guy more than the other guys. It's so no, it's so frustrating because he basically just, and like Dotson's a good player. And when he plays as like, you know, the an eight, a six, whatever you want to say in the midfield, he's really good at that position. And he does well. But you're just, when you're playing players out of position, you're set, especially younger players, you're setting them up to fail. And it sucks. Like, where I, I don't see the positive of putting a player in who hasn't played that position the entire season except for maybe like one game, and then 
being like, oh yeah, by the way, it's a must-win road game. Like, do well. And, and, and we're playing against a team who has lost one home match in their home stadium in BC, in BC is it BC Place, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, in the entire season, because they've they've well, they've, well, the they've, well, they've only, they've only been there. Like, they've only been there for half. Right. They've been on the road for the last half year and a half. Season, but, but like still, like they're they're six and one there. They're I mean they're seven and one now. But I don't know how they did this weekend actually. If they're like the like not, here, but. like here's the thing. If you're gonna if you're but this is the thing with with tactics. If you it's an if and then thing that he seems to avoid or just ignore. If you if you do rate Dotson highly, which I think a lot of us do, but he again he rates his players. He puts the players that he likes in. Doesn't think about the positional strengths. He puts Dotson in his left back. Dotson isn't going to bomb for as far forward and have that interplay with Fragapane. You saw it in this match. Fragapane and him like they were out of sync in terms of when to overlap. There were overshot passes. Things were out of sync. If you're gonna put Dotson at left back. Why not play the four three three that we've been playing on the road, where you have that extra man in midfield that you can that you can keep Dotson back a little bit further, and he doesn't have to get as far forward because you do have three people in the midfield. That assumes you want to play Dotson at left back, and I don't, you know, that's where you know, do you bring in Gregus? Like it's all these things, and it's just a nightmare. So, but yeah, Dotson was the biggest liability. We'll talk. No, about- and the part that I don't get too is that we're on, when we're when we go on the road, we tend to play it more defensive oriented formation. Like again, we switch to like a four through three or whatever. Um the big knock against Raitala, which is why he got pulled at halftime when he filled in for Metnair that one time how many months ago, is that he was not going forward enough and wasn't causing enough uh you know he wasn't attacking enough. I think it's fine to have a left back who's a bit more defensively minded and will sit back a little bit more and let I mean Fragapani and uh, Reynoso, they can bomb on the left. They can do whatever. They, they, they can cause havoc over there. I don't think you actually needed... I mean, because Dotson didn't do a whole lot offensively anyway as far as rushing forward. And I just didn't see the positive in it. Like, and it made no sense on the, as a, for a road match of all things either. I just didn't get it. So um, in this game, probably... The, the fact is that Vancouver were clinical. They, they got a goal which was an own goal, but it, it happened from basically us just being sloppy. Our midfield was bypassed the entire game. They were able to exploit the fact that they could go extremely long and just boot it up. And Brian White uh, gets way past Boxall. This is way, oh, this goal is on Boxall. And um, Miller does his best with it, trying to block it, but it comes and, and, and Boxall does an own goal. Um, then uh, later on, you had... Um, Basically, just was it Brian White again, or yeah, just um, strip past um, Dotson, just run past him and get to the near post. We did have a lot of chances, right? Our the XG in this game was Minnesota 2.05 versus Vancouver 1.25. Um, Unu had an amazing, should have been in, just hit the post, right? He nutmegs a keeper. Um, but we we just weren't clinical. We we were extremely sloppy at the back, and you can't win on the road that way. Um, the weird thing is, I don't. Again, I don't want to belabor the Vancouver thing. Um, but you look at that game. You look at the SKC game. There's only one player change, uh, right, between them, and w- what's the difference there? Um, 
that's the, the, the real thing that this Jekyll and Hyde thing where um, Minnesota have only won three away matches. That's Portland, Houston, and Austin, uh, two abject teams uh, in there. And Portland are weird. Uh, and actually that Portland game is one of our good game, really good games, I think. Um, so I, I don't know what, what's the deal with this team. And especially knowing that we are probably going to get a playoff spot, I think. And we're going to be on the road, so I, I think it's I, I think it's like I think part of like the Vancouver trip is is a bit of a haul, like, but still every team is doing that. That it's not it's not unique to Minnesota. They're playing on turf. I, I don't care. It's that's a thing you do in this league from time to time. Whatever. It is an advantage for Vancouver, but again, with how the ball bounces, but whatever, ultimately, I don't care. It's, it's not a thing. But it's the thing that we talked about early in the season, too, which is what is our, what is our B, what is like our, our secondary format? And it looked like it was a more conservative defend and counter 4 3 3. Um, in previous years, it was a 3 5 2. Um, you know, I just, even in those formations, it feels like there is a lack of instruction. There is a lack of like, what are the rules? What are the the permutations of, you know, when so-and-so has a ball, it triggers this person to run. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a ton of confidence that Heath is actually giving the players that tactical ammunition to be able to execute a plan when I think it's really just like, okay, go out there and do the thing that you normally do. There's, um, there, uh, was this famous time when Harry Redknapp took over Tottenham and, uh, Roman Pavlichenko was, was the, should have been the, this great Russian striker for us. And, uh, and he was not. And Harry Redknapp famously subs him in and says, go out there and just run around. And uh, and to me, sometimes I watch Minnesota United, and I th- feel like, oh yeah, Adrian Heath went to the Harry Redknapp school of uh, of tactics. Just go out there and run around for a little bit. That that's why that's why Tottenham should have signed should have hired Heath instead of um, Antonio Conte. Yeah, exactly. Um, miss really missed out. Actually, that would be that would I, I would definitely trade that. The nice thing about my uh, my tortured fandom right now is that at least FC St. Pauli are top of the table in Bundesliga Zwei. So, and Helsingor as well, top of the table in uh, in the Danish second division. So, all all I need is all my teams to be relegated. So Minnesota United get relegated, and then then we'll be good. Let's go into SKC because this game actually was very good. Um, last home game of the season. Um, the the team we, we were playing in SKC that uh, played midweek, and they made no subs. And uh, you know we bitch about subs, but I don't know how much you guys follow some of these other teams. And it was really great. Um, I was chatting with a lot of SKC fans before the game, and uh, we had a lot of SKC SKC fans. They were all super cool, very cool to just chat with them. And they were just like, yeah, man, this guy, he just won't sub. So, <laughs> you know, I think I, it's a familiar ref- refrain. Um, they were tired. And um, the game was close for the first half. Uh, obviously, in the first 
uh, halfway, we gave up a goal very early on a stupid set piece. It was just sloppy defending, zonal defending. And, um, or I, or if it was man marking, then it was terrible man marking. But no, I think it was, (laughs) it comes back to like, uh, it was, it was our, um, corner kick defending where we always do a zonal corner. I don't get that. I don't, I don't know why we do, why we do a zonal defending on corner kicks, but we yeah. do, and like the ball ended up cycling out. It looked like it was going to go over to the touchline, but instead was centered back. And I mean, I don't know. If Metnair just thought it was already out, but he was out of position. Uh, Debassy was had two guys, and he tracked the wrong. Debassy boxer were shifted one yeah. man too far to the right. It was is a is a weird thing. It was like, and it was also like a short corner recirculated. It was. It was all kinds of weird. Like, but it was short it, corner that was recirculated. Was that looked like it went out, didn't go out, with. and then it went in the goal. And so, so it, it started bad, and it took us a while to really recover. But then, um, you know, so that happened in seventh minute. I think that goal, twentieth um, minute. Then we start to get this Fragapane's Johnny on the spot. The ball gets kind of like kicked around. Um, Lude shoots, and it gets deflected, and then it falls to uh, Frank Payne, and Frank Payne. Uh, puts the puts the pain on that ball, just rifles it, just into the rails net. it, and and Tim Melia um, gets his hands on it, but can't deal with it. Um, Melia is a great goalkeeper. He was very good in this game, even though he gave up two goals. Um, he then a few minutes later, ten minutes later, um, saved a, a fantastic shot from Debassi, a header on a corner. Um, and then later in that first half, uh, Reynoso pulls a rabbit out of the hat and, and gets a PK only our second PK all season. The first PK was that Abila, uh, PK that, that got saved. And then he, (laughs) he chipped in, uh, on the rebound. Um, this was a kind of nothing opportunity that looked great because he, he just basically invites, uh, the defender in, I think it was Sanchez who had a shitty game. They made Sanchez look terrible. Um, and he, and he pulls a PK out of this and it was great work from Reynoso cause it was not a very great chance. They had him, uh, covered, but he, he pulled something out of it. And then he just embarrassed Melia, which is so great. Like the Panenka, it was so, so beautiful and it was so well done. And honestly, oh, it was just a joy to watch because you, if you watch Melio, you can see him on the ground just staring as the ball just drifts to get back over up him. him. He, he he saw that, yeah. But oh, it was so beautiful. Like you could see him like just following the ball the whole way, but unable to do anything about it. And yeah. oh, it was it just brought so much joy to my heart to watch that. There's three things that bring me joy watching MLS. One is whenever Brad Guzan gets scored on. Oh, second. two, two. Two is watching Team Melia just get angry when he gets scored out. <laughs> and then the other one, just just watching Johnny Russell just be mad at everything in the world. This is one of the greatest Those are the three things, things about MLS you love? Yeah, no, the three things I love seeing people get get, okay. get over that. Yeah. That's what well, and things. also it also helps too that uh Tim Melia is the best like uh penalty like he's the best PK stopper in MLS history. Like what wasn't there like that playoff match where he stopped all five? Like yeah, or whatever he, he whatever he did, like something ridiculous like that. Like he's the guy, and the fact that like Ray just embarrasses him on like it's like, hey, there's this one thing I do better than anybody else in this league. His and wife you just still follows me on on Twitter. 
just and his wife. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. Twitter. Yeah, just, just the update. I know I tell this story every time we play SKC, but uh, you know, I once told him that his wife follows me on Twitter, and he forced me to show him the phone. <laughs> anyway, I should send her a DM and say sorry about that. But I well, choose I mean, to not be what, a dickhead. So the the thing about this this is really unique is the fact that um, that Alonso kept. Uh, inserting him into the defense and so whenever we were playing out of the back we had another person who had really good solid passing skills distributing the ball out of out of and so like if you look at the passing map it just it just it literally looks like a nice piece of like you know art in a sense like the passing map was just if all was getting passed around and it was getting passed around correctly and then and it was with intention and and not something that you know you're just trying to let magic go through but i, I, I that was one of the things that was much better it was like this was a game and where our even our passing was intentional our passing was was good passing and we took advantage of certain situations when we could right and specifically against a very 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 tough and motivated skc so like that's always like so this is one to be one of these games. We can talk about all the fouls and we can talk about the the reds that should have happened. But like overall, like SKC is a good team, regardless of who they put out there. And and this team, you know, we talked about the Jekyll and the Hyde. Which team is going to show up? If this is a team that shows up for the rest of the season, then it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. So I, I think we could go through and say, hey, who was good in this game? And I think particularly Ozzy Alonso was great. We gave him a lot of stick for the first half of the season because he was um, he started a few games and he was not good. Then he was playing a sub role and he was particularly not good. And the second half of the season, he's been back and he's been the Aussie that we um, were accustomed to. He was fantastic this game. Uh, I thought Will Trapp, um, you and I, the, all, all four of us kind of watched some of the highlights again and, and we're talking about it. I thought he had a bad game at first um, because I was queuing in on a few or uh, a few mistakes that he had made of giving up the ball, but I think he was particularly good. Frank Payne was fantastic this game. Um, it, it just had so many players playing really well. Um, the fullbacks were good, etc. So I, I think it's it's fun to see them play this way. A little maddening that it's so infrequent. Um, and also I do want to say we were very good. They were not very good. Um, by the second half, you could tell how tired this team was. They were, um, they kind of deflated after that in the second half, we scored the second goal and they never really came back into the game. Um, had maybe a a few chances, but Daniel Shalloway eventually came in. He's coming back from injury and he was a non issue. Yeah. So, I think that you know we we benefited from them being tired, et cetera. But we the thing is, you never know what you you can only take the team in front of you, and we put them to the screws, and it was a really good performance. And and you know I've I've said it on I had a couple of replies and conversations on Twitter about it. Like my the individual performances were great when we needed them, but it was really probably one of our most convincing team performances of the season. Like. Our team press in terms of how, like how they were so synchronized when they they did need to trigger that press, 
Um, people were moving and coming out and pressing at the right time. Um, part of that was SKC's fatigue. But if you look at our passing network for this match, it is unbelievably symmetrical and consistent between our fullbacks to our midfielders to our to our attacking midfielders up to Unu. It's it's what a true four two three one should look like when we are actually executing properly. And I don't know if it's I mean, we were plagued with a bunch of injuries. Fragapane and Unu didn't show up until a third of the way through the season almost. Um you know, I if this is when our team comes alive, I'm glad that they're coming alive at this point in the season. That hopefully we can salvage a, a playoff berth, hopefully a, a home playoff game if results go our way. But you know, this is a team that could that could go deep into the playoffs. And I, th- I think we've said it. Heath has said it. Um, when you look at a competition format, like a knockout style format. People don't want to come up against our team, especially if we're hitting our stride, especially like we did down the stretch at the end of last season. Let's talk about the um, the the Dia red card. There were some weird decisions in this game, or, or, or I guess controversial moments. But um, Dia should have been red carded. Uh, we have not yet heard any retroactive uh, punishment for him. I cannot believe it was not reviewed by the referee. I know the VAR obviously did review it. They always do. But um, it, it was a horror tackle on Reynoso. Uh, he flew in there. It was a scissor action, et cetera. There were some other moments in this game that, that the, the ref kind of lost control of. It's really frustrating to watch that kind of stuff. Thankfully, Reynoso was not injured. Um, it's kind of wild about that. But Anything else we want to point out with this game uh, th- that kind of gives us hope for for this playoff run? Because we we have this, we we can go to talk about LA this weekend. But anything else you want to say about SKC? Nothing about SKC other than the fact that Ozzy is suspended against Galaxy. Okay. And the Red nice card. thing though is that if we're going to be missing someone in a position like suspended, that is the best position right. to have someone suspended because. Dotson, more than capable of coming in and doing it. And we also have Greg. Who's, Wait, he, who? He, who? He, What's, who's this guy? Yeah. I, I heard we have this guy who, who he's uh, he's called a designated player. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard it's a, th- I heard you get up to three. I don't, yeah. we only have I believe, two, I believe I we have three. And I think I, we might have three of them. I'm not too sure. I, I, yeah, I believe we have designated him to the bench. Yeah. Yeah. He's been designated to the bench, but he could be designated to play. So this, this weekend, so. On Sunday, decision day, 5 p.m., Blackheart of St. Paul. Let's make a party of it. Um, Corey, you're going to be um, on on location in L.A. Yeah. You thought this was yeah, going to be yeah. a worthless game. Um, so we play against L.A. We need – there's a lot of moving parts. Like right now, L.A. is currently playing. They're currently beating They're up. Seattle. They're beating Seattle 1-0 um, in Seattle. So that that knocks that brings them up to fifth and puts us into sixth if we're looking at the live standings as of this taping. And so, but um, Rui Diaz is in, so you never know what's going to happen. You know, we could win and uh, Portland lose and Vancouver lose, and then we're in the fourth spot, and then we have a home game, which is bizarre. Um, or you know, we could, whatever. 
Um, we could still not make the playoffs here. It's a weird uh, time. We we I don't know. Do anyone have? Do you want to make predictions or anything? What it's 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 such a toss up because don't forget tomorrow night, Tuesday night after this pod drops, uh, LAFC and Vancouver play at nine thirty Central. Um, Wednesday is Portland Salt Lake, which also has implications. Basically, after Wednesday night, we'll have a good idea about whether or not a draw will be enough if we need a win or if we can take a loss and get lucky with one or two other results. I'm not making a prediction. All right. Let's let's take a break now. We've got a few Twitter questions that we'll um, finish up on. Hey, I brought you something. I thought it was like medical marijuana. It's Viagra. It's my brother's Viagra. Oh my god! And I was like, "Thanks, bud. Appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate you bringing me some Viagra." Mm-hmm. Does he want more nieces and nephews? Is that what it was? The hint was. Uh, I'm I'm getting the snip in in one month, my my man. So, oh, yeah, I had I had to re I had to reschedule mine. I had mine scheduled for March of 2020. Ooh, Ooh. I got my I got mine done of on Christmas Eve last year. And that was the best time to do it because I got to go to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day dinner in sweatpants and just lay on the couch the whole time and do absolutely nothing. Christmas time is here. <laughs> Daddy cut his balls. Mm-hmm. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the 55-1 podcast. Let's finish on a few questions here. Dan Wade says, after Diaz's likely intentional horror show of a tackle on Reynoso, should Adrian Heath have tried to fight Peter Vermees? Oh, I would love to watch that. Mostly I would pay, to, I would pay good money to see that. No, no, no. Do you know what they need to do? You, they need to do a slapping contest. You know where like you would get to slap a guy and then he slaps you back and whoever can stand up the longest? They were both wearing suits, right? Yeah. yeah, but one of them was really wearing a suit. Yeah. The other one is a villain I, in a uh, I remember Ritchie when movie. like uh Dotson was about to go in, right? And like he literally like Heath tried to have a father-son moment where he grabs his Dotson's face like in 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 an attempt to like show affection or tell him that he believes in him and then he threw him out there. And I was like I didn't see that, but um, yes, they should have fought because Peter Vermees would have just destroyed him. Peter Vermees is a scary man. Alex Hintz says, which do you prefer? Miss the playoffs, but Heath is fired or make the playoffs and win one game, but Heath stays. Look, I'm always going to cheer for this team. I will say next week is the uh, season recap. This team Boy. is mediocre, and I will talk more about my details of that recap in the recap. Uh, and we've settled for mediocrity in this team, and uh, I think we need to aim higher. But I'm not going to say well, I will never cheer against this team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm also excited for our uh, season recap because I'm actually going to go back and listen to our season preview um, yeah. podcast and see what we actually thought would happen. I've got Chief Decker lined up. He's going to make a retirement, come out of retirement for it. Ooh, for it. So he's going to do more than tweet. Yeah. Only pun CEO says, uh, should the front four in the game at LA be Fragapane, Ray, Finley, Lud? Yes, I said that ages ago. Lud is our striker. Right. We need to stop pretending that he's not. 
He should be in there. Finley also has proven himself way more than Unu. And you know what? Put Unu in in the 70th minute. Let him really earn his spot. Uh, he has actually another question here. Heath opened his postgame comments. Oh, I didn't see these. With the latest lecture for media. Did he? He lectured us? Oh. I didn't see it. How oh, did... I don't know. Actually, I, I oh. don't care about what Heath has to say. Honestly, I do like. Did he go on some tirade about how like the seventh spot was always the plan and that's the goal? I did. I did see that in the in the leading up to either Vancouver or this match, where it was like, yeah, as long as we as long as we get into the playoffs, like that was the goal from the beginning of the season. I was like, my dude, I thought the I thought the goal was to get to further than we did last year. You were ten minutes away from an MLS Cup final. Sneaking into the playoffs is not your goal. I'm just tired of that guy. I mean, honestly. I do like the I do like the 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 follow up question though. If he manages to finish seventh in the West, will he expect a parade statue signed apology by all the fans? I should clarify: the statue will not be of Heath, rather a cross being headed away by an opposing defender with no players in sight. Title is the headless Norseman. Excellent. I don't know. Wow. Thank you That's for that impressive. tweet. <laughs> um, uh, lastly, our our Danish comrade Henrik Hugeluna, um, who says, "Which five Minnesota United players or staff do you want to see?" do drag at Blackheart. Mm. Um, the thing is, I want only people to do drag who want to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Who would embrace it and and, uh, and and not make a mockery of it? I think Michael Boxall would do that. I think Mike, that dude is legit. Um, I think um, I think Reynoso would be svelte. Uh, I can't think I, of many I, others. I mean... I feel like Tyler Miller would would do it and just not know what's happening. I think Michael Box would definitely be the winner. 100%. Nico Hansen could could oh, maybe. probably do it. If yeah, that, so. that could be. I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, who 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 would you rather be a bartender at the Blackheart? Oh. Again, maybe it's just because like Michael Boxall's like the most likable player, but he'd be a. a, a, a I, I feel I like Will Trapani would be a good. Is it the barback? Is that the person that goes in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's still Fraga I, doing. I feel like Will Trap would just be the guy like wearing an apron, just like drying a glass in the corner the whole time. Yeah, just like, <laughs> <laughs> it never serves you a drink. <laughs> all right, mate. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so my favorite, one of my favorite bartenders, uh, this is a stupid story I'm going to tell you. Um, when I lived in Milwaukee, there was um, a guy named Matt the Rat. He was a uh, Tottenham fan. He had like uh, tattoos all over. He's a rockabilly bass player. Um, and uh, he, English guy. Um, and we used to watch Spurs games a lot together at, at the Highbury Bar, which was very tough for him because it's obviously named after a arsenal uh stadium and um he worked at a bar called frank's power plant which is in uh south milwaukee and i i went in a few times and while he was bartending he was like all right mate what time is it i'd be like i don't know it's like eight o'clock is it is it shot o'clock yeah i guess it is and then he'd just pour some weird ass purple shot be like we'd take a shot like great and then like literally 30 minutes later he'd be like all right, mate. What time is it? Is it is it shot o'clock? I'd be like, 
I guess it. I guess it's. I don't want to drink. No, don't. Okay, it's shot o'clock. I guess. I guess it's shot o'clock. And then I do it, and it's like I'm just drunk, and it's like shitty shots, and it's like, all right, mate. What time is it? No, please don't. For the love of God, it's not. It's fucking nine thirty. It is not. It's water o'clock. Just. It's just nurse the fucking. Miller light in front of me, a clock. That's what it is, but no, okay. Or it's shot a clock. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm doing it. Anyway, I love that dude. Great human being. Miss him. Uh, if anyone's in Milwaukee, go to Frank's Power Plant. I'm sure the dude is still there. Um, it's 10 years ago, but he's still there. Uh, wh- what are we talking about? Oh, we've got one more question. Uh, Sun Safe Soccer. <laughs> Our friend Ian says, would you rather RSL win against Portland to keep a mathematical chance of a home playoff game alive or Portland win making a playoff game, uh, spot a safer bet? Uh, Portland win. Yeah, I think I think Portland. I guess I don't yeah. care. I, I, all I care is about what we do. If we've earned a home spot, then we've earned a home spot. To yeah. me, I like, mean, like, like yeah, the, it, the dream is for us to go and get three points against LA. That's like... yeah. That's it. Everything else we, falls into place. You, you have to. Place. You have to do that. You have to do that, no matter what. And then hope that, like, if we beat LA, we're in the playoffs. Doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. We also, also need to beat LA and get some other results to get into the fourth spot. Also, it would just be, just be something if we could somehow, out of everything that's happened this year, <clears throat> manage to fall into fourth place where we've been for the last two. Like this would be three seasons in a row where we finished fourth. Like suddenly we're just the fourth place team, and either we fall into it because we we fall we fell back into it like uh, two years ago when we lost uh, at Seattle on our last play our last match of the season. We had expectations last year, and we fourth was good, and then suddenly like fourth seems like a dream right now. Uh, the last day of the season, like if we get fourth, that just it would just be I don't know. There's something about it that'd be amazing, but. I don't even know if it actually would. Well, comrades, that's the end of the pod. We're going to be back next week, and we'll recap the season. Uh, hopefully, it'll be talking about the playoff match coming up ahead. I guess so. It won't be a full recap if if we are in the playoffs. So we'll see. I don't know, but thank you for listening, comrades, and we'll talk to you soon. You're beautiful, sexy. Everyone loves you. <laughs>